0: what's up guys and welcome back to my gaming podcast this is the second one and it's currently still untitled still a work in progress so i am still currently taking uh, suggestions for a title but for now we are untitled so yeah if you're watching this on youtube or twitch you're seeing the visual version we are now on the audio platforms of spotify and itunes which is all connect through uh Anchor FM not really sure how it works but there will be links available in the description on either Spotify for the video content and on the video content there will be links to the audio podcast and it's been a couple of weeks since the last part there wasn't actually too much going on news wise in the uh, the gaming world so uh, I took a bit of a breather and come back when there's a little bit to talk about there's still not a great amount of news going on, but there's a a few significant things I'd like to talk about. So um, without going into the news, let's get into what I've been playing recently. So I'm always rotating the backlog. I'm always starting something new. I'm always finishing a game and moving on to the next one pretty much straight away Uh, It never ends. The list is always ongoing. So I'm going to talk about a couple of games I've been playing recently. So first up is one that I finished literally about an hour ago. And that is Skyward Sword HD now. I'm not sure what year this originally came back out on, but it was uh, on the Wii, on the Wii. And I had that on the Wii and I never played it. I even bought the Motion Plus controller for it because the, the basic sort of premise of this one was that it was all motion controls and you swung the sword with the Wii remote. And I always liked the idea of that because they made it a bit more efficient. They made the controller work a lot more with the controller Motion Plus because I think it ran a bit shit on the original controller, but I never got around to playing it, even though I bought it on the controller. And as the years went on, I just felt like I didn't want to play that game, a Wii game on a 4K TV. It just would not upscale very well. So I was uh, pretty pleased when they did announce the remaster of it, because it's one of the only ones I've never played, like the mainline series anyway, 3D platformers. I've not played a lot of the originals or the 2D stuff, but yeah, this is one of the ones that I needed to play. The Switch version has 1080p graphics, 60 frames a second. So the performance and stuff is a lot better. It's obviously a lot cleaner. And the art style has actually carried through quite well. It's, it looks like it could have been a Switch game that came out in the last year or so. As for the, um, the motion controls, I only have a Switch Lite. So I don't have the motion controls for it. So it, all of it was translated into using the analog stick for the sword combat. And I think it did work really well. But if you have the normal Switch version, I believe you could just take the the Switch Joy-Cons off and use them as if they were motion controls, which I think would probably be quite a good way to play the game. But sadly, I never got to experience that. Maybe when a Switch 2 eventually does come out, I will pick up a version with detachable Joy-Cons. So I have actually really enjoyed this game. It seemed to be a bridging gap between this one and Breath of the Wild, because the last one before this one was Twilight Princess, which I never actually finished and Breath of the Wild is more open world and this one seemed to sort of blend some of the features with the semi open world where you're flying around on a bird in the sky and you get to drop below the surface through the clouds into the dungeon areas which as you've expected if you've played a Zelda game before there's a forest, a desert, a volcano area so it's semi, semi open world in the way that you can travel around in the sky and pick where you want to go to also you have stamina in this one as well So you have a stamina bar which sort of winds down as you climb up grassroots and as you sprint. So I think they did add that into Breath of the Wild as well. So there's a few things. It seems like a lot of the Zelda games seem to continually evolve in certain ways. But Skyward Sword, which is actually the origin of the Zelda franchise, I believe. I think it's the first one in the chronological order. And I actually really dug the story in this one as well. It seemed to be a lot more focused and without having to deal with any of the sort of time travel and other timelines from the other games, it was focused on the the beginning of the story and it, that's what it was. It didn't have to worry about what was in the future. Well, I guess it did, but I've not played a lot of the games where it's had these little sort of deep cuts. Um, but one thing about this game as well, the, the end sort of boss fight was really cool. Some of the fights in this were really badass, especially when you are the one in control with the motion control, it really give it a bit more impact when you were doing these finishing blows on the bosses and stuff so really good as with every zelda game as well the state the world design mostly the puzzle design it's just it's second to none i mean i haven't played a ridiculous amount of platformers in general but when i play a zelda game i come away thinking this was really well designed even if it's taking me half an hour to an hour to get through one room because i've been completely stuck in a water temple I always come away satisfied thinking like that was really well done there's one dungeon towards the end of this game where there's only nine rooms but it's in a mixing puzzle where it's like one of those puzzles where you have to create an image in the middle and all the pieces slide around and you have to keep sliding in them this is very hard to explain for audio viewers but it's one of the ones where you have to create a design by moving pieces around until you get the right fit And this dungeon was like that. So you had to move the rooms around on a panel and it was very confusing. But when I eventually got my head around it, it was quite cool. Uh, What else can we talk about in Skyward Sword? But yeah, honestly, I, I really enjoyed Skyward Sword. And from what I've seen over the years, it's not the most popular of the titles in the franchise. A lot of people seem to think this is one of the worst. This could be to the motion controls to the art style. I'm not really sure what it was. I think it was more about the motion controls back in the day, but uh, now there's the option to play it without the motion controls like I did. And I honestly really, really enjoyed it. So let's hope Twilight Princess does get a Switch port eventually, because that is one I want to go back to because I never finished it. And I just bought Link's Awakening today, actually. So I finished up Skyward Sword and I'm thinking, I'm going to play Link's Awakening. Hopefully there's a Twilight Princess remake within the next six months. And then we can move on to Breath of the Wild because shock horror, I've not played Breath of the Wild besides the first 10 minutes. I'm waiting for me to play some more of the games. But mostly I'm kind of hoping there's a Switch Pro or a Switch 2 eventually that uh, lets that game's performance reach its sort of peak. I would love to be able to play that game at a 1080p at least 60 frames a second. I would love that. So moving on from that one, next up is a game that i've had in my steam backlog for a long time i heard a lot of things about the performance of this game not running well at all and i would kind of just pushed it off like i'll wait till i get a better pc to play this one and that is dishonored 2 really enjoyed the first dishonored and i actually played that on my laptop of all places years and years ago and it surprisingly did run really well and um, i really enjoyed it i loved the whole sort of what's it called, it's like a black box mission in Assassin's Creed where you can basically take on a target or your mission in a multitude of different ways considering how you've built the stats of your character so you can make your character have certain powers that can make you jump higher and teleport and. You can even have modes in the game where you can not have powers at all which is making it really hard where you have to run around and basically stealth everyone with a knife so there's all these different options and it's made by arcane studios who make some really cool games that are a lot like this Uh, i recently finished prey which was even more sort of what's the word changeable than dishonored in the way that you could go around the map and go around the missions but dishonored was great It's been a long time. I was going to play the first one again, but I thought I was just going to go straight into two here and just have a fresh experience and I've been absolutely loving the game. As you can see from the image up there, you can uh, play as either Corvo from the first game or I cannot remember, Emily, it's Emily something. Uh, You play as either character. I'm not sure how the story changes if you play as one or the other, but I decided to go with Corvo again just because I really like the character and I love his cool mask and uh so i'm not sure how it affects the gameplay but i know that a lot of people comment on you wearing a mask so i wonder if it's any different if you play as emily emily caldwell that is the one uh as you can see in the image there she does have a scarf up so i wonder if they do just comment the same thing about her wearing a scarf or a mask but yeah really enjoying this one the level design is great i'm only about halfway through the game but just the amount of different sort of ways you can go around a mission different locations optional objectives to gain more information on your target getting like safe codes and to get through the different doors and there's just so many different ways you can do it so many different weapons and it's all very original as well it's a very original world a lot of people uh, tend to say that it's created the genre of whale punk because everything is powered in that game i believe by whale oil instead of oil like I think they run all the machines using oil from whales, which is just pretty weird. You obviously washed up gigantic whales on the side of the, the sort of shores and stuff. So yeah, absolutely love the world of Dishonored. Not sure, obviously I'm not sure how it ends or how the expansion Death of the Outsider ends, but I'm not sure if there's any leeway for a Dishonored 3, but I'm always up there for another Dishonored game in the future, especially with what you can do on the next gen tech. Absolutely loving the game so far. The one mission that was really confusing to me, I mean, I loved it for the way it looked and the way it was built. You're in this place called the Clockwork Mansion and there's all these switches which kind of changes the way uh, the the world looks. So you'll have bookcases moving around and the floor going up and down and just, it's a very trippy map and very confusing if you don't know your way around it. And I did not know my way around it, but it was, uh, it was very clever and it was very cool. Uh, to see it in a game like this where you're kind of pitted against a building that is designed to keep you away from your target so you have to kind of adapt to it but really really enjoying Dishonored too, and I might even go back on that tonight and we'll see if we can get that finished by the next time the pod goes live with part 3. Okay briefly I am going to talk about something that I played maybe only for about half an hour to an hour and that is the new world beta this is an mmo that is coming out i think the 28th it's next week some point it's got a bit of hype about it it's made by amazon studios which is um i don't know if that's a a worrying thing or a cool thing because the last few titles i've tried to bring out have not gone down so well but this one there's a lot of hype around it because it's been in beta for a long time and it was on the open beta last weekend or the weekend before so I thought I'd just give it a go and like I said, I didn't get too far into it but uh, it's got some promise in there it's, it feels like a mix between sort of Valheim and Elder Scrolls Online in a way the combat is a bit more fluent in the game it feels more like an action game than it does than most RPGs, RPGs with hotkeys and stuff that stuff is there as well and you can only play it with a keyboard and a mouse at the moment but... Yeah, I was enjoying what I did play of it, and I'm eager to see what the reviews are like when the full version comes out, although it's probably still early access for a long time until they nail the formula, but I am keeping my eye on this one, and maybe in a couple of weeks after reviews have come out and people have sort of talked about it, and I've seen some YouTube videos, I might get into that world, because it is a free subscription as well. Once you've bought the game, you are in, you don't have to pay for a plus subscription, which is one of my biggest criticisms. With Elder Scrolls Online, which is a game I really got suckered into. I really enjoyed it, but you had to pay a monthly subscription to get extra bag space, which is so vital to your enjoyment of that game because you're constantly running out of space. But we'll see. New World does look interesting, and I am looking forward to seeing about it. Next up is something that hasn't happened yet. It's happening today, which is now Sunday. It's currently, uh, I think it's the 26th today. I'm not actually sure on the date, which is. A bit stupid of me, but it is now known as the Last of Us Day, and they're holding an event. I believe they're holding an event. If not, they're definitely giving off some more information about what's going on. It's probably a lot of merchandise stuff. Yeah, it used to be called Outbreak Day, and when COVID came around, they decided they were going to change the name of that to something a little bit less... um, inflammatory for people to use against them so it's now called the last of us day i'm eager to see what they're going to be showing i'm not expecting huge things we might even see a bit of like a trailer of the hbo show which looks quite interesting there's obviously been this the rumors of the last of us part one being remade which i mean it seems a little bit earlier for that the game still looks great but let's be honest i probably would check it out anyway what i'm more interested in is what they are going to be doing with the last of us part two We haven't seen the Faction's multiplayer mode yet, which they did announce, they did confirm that a long time ago that they were working on it. And it's been, I'm not sure how long it's been now, but yeah, I'm hoping we do get to see an update on that. Because Last of Us 1's multiplayer was actually one of my favourite multiplayer games to play on the PlayStation 3 back in the day. I just loved the whole stealth aspect of it and going around smashing people in and... Upgrading your weapons on the fly, like I like that whole system of having to get kills and get loot and Sneak around and get pieces of metal to build better weapons and defense items so I can't wait to see what they do with a multiplayer for the second one I think there's a, a, some rumors going around that the, they're working on a battle royale type of mode for it But who knows there was there was also some news about them sort of looking for workers as well to work on a multiplayer game. So it could be a long way off, but fingers crossed we do see something. And if we do, I will probably talk about it in the next podcast as well. Not sure what else they could really show off here. Potentially a PC port for the first Last of Us or even Last of Us 2. That would be pretty awesome too. Just realized I did not put the picture up for you guys. So there you go. That gives you a little bit more visual splendor to look at. That's all we've got to say for that because the event does not happen till later on this day. Uh, I think it's around 6 p.m. So. If you are watching this live, you still got time to check it out if it does happen later on this evening. So the only other big thing that happened really this week that I want to talk about is the Nintendo Direct event. And it was... I think it came up pretty short notice. And they, they kind of set everyone's expectations by saying this is stuff that's going to be coming out this holiday or in the near future and stuff you already know about. Though so it wasn't going to be any big bangers for 2022. And... um it was about eleven o'clock at night, and I can't I can't stay up for those shows anymore. I, do, I have to be up at work for like half four, five a.m. So, uh, yeah, I had to watch that the morning after. I still watch it at like five in the morning, but at least I had the opportunity to kind of skip through and go through the bits that I wasn't too interested in. And in all honesty, there wasn't that much that really piqued my interest. I think a lot more stuff next year will probably be more exciting to me. But uh, before we get into it. This is gonna be something that I do wanna do more frequently and that's taking questions from viewers. So if there is anyone in the chat right now, then um, yeah, do drop any questions you have about gaming, about me or anything to do with that and I will try my best to answer it. But I've only got the one question this week and that is from Mr. KDB. He's a good pal of mine. He does a Fallout podcast and a couple of other podcasts. He's also a member of the First Aid Spray Resident Evil Discord community, which is really cool. They have a YouTube channel as well. So he has said, Give us some thoughts on the Nintendo news which is what I'm going to be doing following this so I thought I'd get the question out of the way first and what is your feeling on what the extra price might be for the expansion of N64 and Mega Drive to the Nintendo online service so uh, first of all for the N64 and the Mega Drive service coming to Nintendo online, which is supposed to be bundled into a sort of expansion package, which is gonna be a little bit more expensive than what it is now. I believe it's about 30 pounds for a year, it may even be 20 pounds. Uh 299 in UK money a month. So it is really cheap, and you do get a few NES games. Like they said, they're gonna add the Nintendo sixty four and the Mega Drive to it. And I'm not sure how many games in total. I did see a picture and they had like Majora's Mask, Ocarina of Time, Banjo kazooie and um I think it was maybe Mario Kart and stuff like that. For me, I never owned a Nintendo 64. I mean, I did. I won one at a school disco, which is really weird. It was like a fair while after Nintendo 64 outstayed its welcome. So I didn't even have any games for it, but I did win one. I never really played it. Mega Drive was my first console growing up. So I do have a sort of a bit of nostalgia for that. A lot of the Mega Drive games have been put elsewhere already. And you can probably buy a lot of them on Switch already as well but if they're bundling them in free that's awesome i'd love to play altered beast on there that's one of my favorite games on the mega drive and obviously we got the whole sonic As for nintendo 64 stuff i've got ocarina of Tri- ocarina of time and majora's mask on my 3ds other than that i'm not that interested in a lot of the stuff they have to offer but as for price i could potentially see them offering about 5.99 6.99 a month possibly for this service for the expansion which is say a double of the price than what it is now so let's say 45 50 pounds for a yearly subscription which in all honesty is not that bad of a price if they keep adding games and it has a lot of stuff on the jump just to play so it would definitely bring a lot more people into the service because right now i've had it for a year year and a half and i've honestly never played online i don't think besides playing stardew valley and that was local as well so i've never really played much online on the switch so i haven't been getting much value out of it So if it was originally like the 40 pounds that you play for PlayStation Plus or Xbox Live Gold, I definitely wouldn't be paying for it right now because those two services just outweigh it incredibly. You get so many more things on those services than you do on Nintendo online. So if Nintendo were really sort of trying to push this, the the best opportunity for them would be to put some older Switch games or even uh, GameCube games or something just to give it a bit more variety. But I can see it being 40 pounds a year and say 5.99 699 a month which is probably optimistic for Nintendo but uh, that's my sort of opinion on it so thank you for the question Mr KDB and I will see you next time so let's actually talk about the event here there's not that much that got me excited and let's be honest it was 5 in the morning after not that many hours sleep. So I was kind of skimming through it. My eyes were probably glued together. One of the, the more interesting things that they did show off was the expansion for Monster Hunter Rise, which was called Sunbreak. And the visual style of this looks really appealing. It looks very Gothic. It almost looks like something from Devil May Cry with the the reds there, as you can see in that picture. I'm currently playing through Monster Hunter World at the moment on the PC and I'm really enjoying it. I mean, it kicks my ass all the time and I'm not very good at it. And I'm glad that they announced that this was coming to the PC a lot earlier on, the Monster Hunter Rise, because um, I have all platforms and usually I decide to pick the one which I can get the most out of or has the best sort of features and benefits. So uh, being able to play this one, Monster Hunter Rise, in the near future on the PC is definitely uh, got me excited for it. And now with this Sunbreak DLC, I'm even more excited because it, honestly, it looks really cool. Just the Just the art style is enough to sell it and uh, i've not actually checked out much off monster Hunter Rise. from what i have seen it looks does look really good it's using the re engine which looks really good for the switch so hopefully they make some cool expansion improvements on the game as well uh, one thing i do have now have a a curved ultra wide monitor so i'm hoping they do a full ultra wide support for it as well uh, preferably 32.9 because I've just got a new monitor which supports that and not a lot of games do. So that's my sort of wish list item there is that Monster on the Rise has full ultra wide support on the PC. Castlevania Advance Collection. Now I've always wanted to get into the, the Castlevania series and I've only played really the the two 3D ones that came out on the I think it was around the xbox 360 generation which was lord of shadows one and two and i actually really enjoyed them i've always wanted to go back and play the older ones i've seen a lot of gameplay of them i played a little bit of a few of them because i bought the, the castlevania collection on switch actually not too long ago retro games are so hard now i don't think i'd ever be able to finish one of those games uh, i have symphony of the night which is one of the more popular series titles I have that on the 360 arcade so having a Series X I can bring that forward through backwards compatibility and play that I'm not sure if that's the best version to play but I am intrigued to playing these games at some point and from what I've heard these advanced ones are actually really good and the improvements they've made on them look good as well where you can sort of rewind and and make saves at any point which is definitely vital in a game of that stature where it's really hard to complete. If you want to play it, I don't know, 10, 15 years later, just for the experience, just for the story and the music, then yeah, that's a great feature to add because that's one thing that's always stuck out to me in the Castlevania series is the the music. The music is awesome. I will probably pick this one up on a sale at some point. I should probably try and finish the Castlevania collection I already have, but we'll see how that goes. Maybe I'll talk about that one day. There's only one other thing I was really sort of interested in with the Nintendo Direct, and that was Bayonetta, free now i only played bayonetta 1 and 2 maybe two years ago i played bayonetta 1 on the pc and bayonetta 2 is still exclusive on the wii u and i played it on the wii u and those games the combat in those games is so good it's so smooth and fast and i think it was even 60 frames on the wii u but the combat in that game i think was Better than Devil May Cry, it's just so fast and smooth and just all the executions you can do, playing as... God, I can't even remember the girl's name. Bayonetta, let's say Bayonetta, but basically she can summon big dragons and what they call guillotines and all kinds of things. It's hard to explain if you are an audio viewer, but there's so many weird executions and mixtures of sort of gothic games in there. There's a lot of Devil May Cry inspired stuff in there. In fact, I think in in Bayonetta 1, even probably in the second one you fight the spider fire monster from Devil May Cry so i wonder if there's an opportunity for a crossover at some point in the future even from this image here you can see which from the which is from the trailer if you're an audio viewer you can't see it but it's a picture of this dude we're sort of i think it's a dude it might be a woman you can't really see cuz it's in shadow but they've got sort of silver hair slicked back a big samurai style sword and there's a red blood moon and it looks a lot like it could be dante or virgil so i'm not sure what this person's uh input in the series is but they definitely leave the trailer on that note and it gets you pretty excited just with that blood moon it's an epic image the game is slated for 2022 it's been in development since at least 2017 now and i'm waiting to play it my biggest problem with Bayonetta 3 is that it is exclusive to the switch because i feel like this game has so much more potential if it was able to be on pc ps5 and the xbox series x because the jump in graphical performance you can get just look at devil may cry 5 on the re engine they have so much uh, stuff they could do to this game visually and performance wise that you just can't do on the switch and it's quite disappointing in a way for it to be locked to the system i know that's not a lot of people's thoughts on the game but for me i just wish this game was available on other platforms or at least designed for them because there's so many more things you can do with these games now where the 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 switch just doesn't have the hardware for it it doesn't have the ssd it doesn't have the the just the raw power behind it for the resolutions and the texture work so It's a bit unfortunate but i am still excited for it and who knows we might even get a port of it later on down the line Uh, i've waited this long i can wait a bit longer so we'll see on that so that comes to the end of our nintendo talk there there is not much else for me to talk about this week It is, like i said it's been quite a quiet week news wise there's not much coming out until october we do have the tokyo game show on the 29th 30th i believe so capcom is having a showing there as well could be potentially showing off more monster hunter and hopefully some resident evil dlc as well that's all i've really got to say for it this week please do leave me any questions either on the live chat if you're watching this on youtube do leave me a comment on the video about something that's going on or anything you want to know about me and gaming or my collection or anything like that do let me know and I will try and get that into podcast number three. So thanks everyone for watching. I hope you've enjoyed this one and I will see you again with podcast part three whenever we have a good chunk of news to talk about. So see you all next time.